What is Utah football's ceiling and floor as a program? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. My name is JT. We're still former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're going to be talking about this Utah football program. What is their ceiling? Are they capable of reaching those new heights, going deep runs in the college football playoff? And what's their floor? How many games should they win? each season and closing out with a little Utah women's basketball and gymnastics talk. And in order to help us do all of that, it's friend of the show and KSL sports insider, Michelle Bodkin and Michelle, when we're talking about this Utah football team ceiling as a program, it's really cool how much it's risen in the past few years. You saw it take the effect with the recruiting class and the bump they saw with the highest rated recruiting class in program history, back-to-back seasons with PAC 12 championships and Rose bowl bursts and when you talk about what their ceiling is, I actually think this past season it was raised, but not just because of what Utah did. I actually look at what a school like TCU did going into the season. No one in their right mind would have ever thought TCU first year with Sonny Dykes at the helm. Um, Max Duggan, who was the backup quarterback um, until the starter who had won the job from Duggan wasn't playing well. Then they threw in Duggan, just the whole thing, the way all the crazy games went back and forth. No one thought they ever had a chance to make a national championship game. And it's not crazy to say this Utah football team, right, can win the Pac-12. They can easily win a Rose Bowl. They've been in the position now twice. They've just come up a little short. If Cam Rising doesn't get hurt, maybe it's a different conversation. So we know they can win a Rose Bowl. We know if they win the Pac-12, they're already putting themselves in position now going forward with the changes soon taking effect to the college football playoff to be in a position to get into the dance in that regard. So what is their ceiling as a program? I honestly believe this Utah football team at some point, whether it's with Kyle Whittingham or some of their coach, will have a chance to make a national championship game. Now, unfortunately, I don't think they can win one because of just that talent disparity with Georgia and Alabama. It just It's hard for two teams to get the upset versus we saw TCU get the upset versus Michigan. And Ohio State almost knocked off Alabama, or, or Georgia, excuse me, but Georgia yeah. feels like Alabama now, basically. <laughs> they're in. It just feels like it's tough to get over that hump and put yourselves in that position. But, like, I watched what TCU just did, and I'm like, why, why can't Utah do that to me? So I do feel like the ceiling for this Utah football program is making a national championship. I absolutely agree. I, I think that's well within, you know, the realm of possibility. Yeah. We saw them flirt with it in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, coming up short in the Pac-12 title game against yeah. Oregon that year was kind of what threw that out the window. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know, I mean, you can always perhaps maybe make arguments that even the last two years, you know, that that Utah maybe belonged in that conversation. Uh, Unfortunately, the way that the process is at the moment, it's an invitational and it's kind of by best record. And so Utah Mm -hmm. hasn't necessarily had the best records in those cases. Uh, But I think they put forth, you know, a very well-rounded product and team that could have been interesting in those situations if they had been given the chance. So, you know, moving forward with things kind of opening up a little bit, making a little more room for all the conference champions, plus some at-large 
more at large type of teams yep. that, you know, had a particularly good year, but maybe either didn't have the chance to go mm -hmm. to their conference championship game because their conference was deep that year, or simply they maybe came up a little bit short in the conference championship game, but they still put forth a really good season. Uh, you know, having, having those opportunities, I think makes the thing a little more interesting. I do agree with you. I think, Asking them to win a national championship at this point in time is probably, you know, a big ask. It's yeah. not totally impossible, yeah. uh, but it would take a lot and mm -hmm. a lot of things would have to bounce their way. Uh, you know, it might have to be a year in a case of, you know, where some of the traditional powers are a little down and out. And that happens from mm -hmm. time to time. But uh, it's it again, it's a big ask. <laughs> And uh, everything has to kind of just time out just right for that to happen. At the very least, I think they put up a better fight than TCU just did in the national championship game. I'll say that. I, I will argue that as well. Uh, and again, it's I think Utah puts forth, you know, a pretty well-rounded team these days. Hmm. Uh, and, and I think the big thing is, you know, a lot of these teams that get invited in, the fact that Oklahoma got invited in several times when we knew that they didn't have a defense and they were going to get blown uh -huh. out of the water, you know, I think Utah probably would have put up a, a better fight. They maybe still wouldn't have won, mm -hmm. but I think it probably would have been a much more entertaining game because they yep. can play defense and, and they've gone their offense to a point where that can, you know, put up points as well. Mm -hmm. I love that you bring up that those Oklahoma teams or some of those teams in the past too. And you mentioned the 2019 season. It's crazy when you hear some people say, oh, this Utah team could, couldn't make a CFP when it was just the four teams when literally all they had to do in 2019 was win one Pac-12 championship game. And that game got really affected too because you had Julian Blackman getting injured early on, mm -hmm. which really changed the complexion of that defense too. So they were literally one game away from doing it. We saw the fight they put up against Ohio State. They were really close with Penn State until Cam Rising get hurt went down we know how important the quarterback position is to the modern football game too so it does feel like they're knocking on the door and that's what's nice about the way college football is changing is the goalposts are literally being moved so that now you can do what you've already done as a program and still reach new heights so it's really exciting for this utah team that has just had a nice climb with kyle whittingham over the past few seasons we know what a great coach kyle whittingham is but i think people forget this was a team if you look back as recently as like seven eight years ago where they did only win fresh off kind of that pac-12 transition like 2012 2013 they had only won a combined 10 games in those two seasons but then you kind of saw the, the climb from there then they started winning nine games 10 games there's one down year with with seven but seven being a down year still a winning record so over the past 10 seasons they've only had one season where they had a losing record and that was of course the or excuse me actually still had a winning record as i read it incorrectly because it's the you see weird COVID year when all that craziness was kind of going on yeah. so it's just amazing the kind of the progression of this program where you've had 10 of your all basically you have winning seasons every year and you put yourself in this strong position to be considered as one of the forefront teams in college football. And that's why it's not crazy to see, say this team can achieve this kind of success. And it's just, once again, just all the credit to Kyle Whittingham, the players, the way they bought into the system, the coaches, the job they've done too. It's amazing how high this Utah football program has climbed where now they're in the position where I'm not the first person to bring this up either. I saw not long ago someone said what other first time programs could make their first ever national championship. And Utah was one of the four teams listed in the graphic. So this isn't a crazy conversation. No, it's it's a conversation that has started to be had amongst mm -hmm. more national pundits. It's not, you know, just 
us local beat writers are like, oh, well, this team's pretty good. We think they kind of measure out. It's it's national people that are now kind of catching on and, and seeing that. And for the record, depending on who you ask, like Utah's climb is not a surprise. That's true. You ask anyone in the NFL, they've they've been watching and they knew that Utah was a sleeping giant. Uh, that's a conversation I've had with several NFL scouts and, and GMs over the years. Uh, you know, the, there there is an awareness elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of funny that on the national front in college football, that maybe it's a little more surprising. It's like they yeah. haven't really paid that much attention. But I mean, and I mean, to your point, you, you know, you brought up through the Pac-12 era, but really this climb has been going on for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this all started with Ron McBride. Uh, and having this crazy idea that if I just bring in a bunch of people, you know, embrace the culture, create a culture around kind of the Polynesian culture. I I think Mm -hmm. that's where Utah's culture really strongly comes from is this, this love and appreciation for the Polynesian culture that we have here in Utah, in Salt Lake. And it's just kind of grown and evolved from there. Uh, I think Urban Meyer, you know, put a little more, in some ways, discipline. Yeah. <laughs> in other ways, kind of, I think he turned a blind eye yes. uh, from stories that I've heard. But uh, at least discipline out on the field and accountability and, and some of that kind of stuff. Urban Meyer brought that. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Whittingham, I feel like, has kind of found a good balance between the two. And he's really done a good job of keeping this thing going and also figuring out how to grow it in a new environment, which is, again, that move to the Pac-12. And good on Utah's athletic department for kind of sticking it out and Mm -hmm. writing it through because very easily could have decided, you know, to maybe part ways and move on after two, five and seven seasons. A lot of programs do that. Uh, I, I think, though, that, again, there is an appreciation for the culture aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think Utah is a very unique school and Salt Lake is a very unique city. And I've talked about this a lot. It's And it's not just Utah. It's kind of all of our athletics. We kind of, mm-hmm. as a society here in Utah, have a very specific criteria, I guess, that we expect of our teams and the athletes that are involved. And we expect you to be good members of the community and and represent our state Mm -hmm. in a very, very specific, positive light. And I mean, yes, of course, there's always slip ups. You know, you can't necessarily weed out everyone. But for the most part, you look across all of our teams they've been pretty good and successful at that. And, and I think, you know, one of the the leaders, of course, in that is, is Utah football. Uh, the, it, they've just, they've done a very phenomenal, I think, job of finding talent, uh, but also finding people that you kind of want to be friends with outside of, you know, what they're able to do athletically. And that's mm-hmm. a very rare, unique thing. Uh, and it's something that they've done a good job and it's brought them a lot of success. Absolutely. The special culture Kyle Whittingham and this group have put in place has spread far just beyond the facilities and just the impact they've had on the hill and into the community as well. So it's really exciting to see. And it's going to be fun just to continue to see how high this program can high if they can reach that ceiling we discussed because I feel like it's definitely on the table. We're going to come back in a moment and talk about the floor of this Utah football program. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We get, just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want a compromised taste, then man, I've just got the th- I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. 
tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Bilt Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut, butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like candy bars while also maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can head over to Built.com to get some or even head to your local Smith's or Sam's Club. So you head to your local Smith's or Sam's Club and grab your Built Bar today. You can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, coconut puffs, salted caramel brownie, batter puffs at your nearest Smith's, or if you're closer to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Head over to Built.com or those stores to get in on those great deals from Built Bar. All right, Michelle. Looking at now the floor for this Utah football team, and we mentioned it, it's it's really grown because we talked about those five and seven seasons, but since those seasons, this team hasn't had a down year really. So I feel like the floor of this team is bowl eligibility every single season. Mm -hmm. I, it feels like the floor is seven wins. I mean, look, injuries and crazy things can happen, right? So is there a world where they only win five, four games? five something because craziness happens yeah but even like saying that like it's just it's possible for that to happen but it doesn't it doesn't feel right to say that because they just haven't done that this team find ways to consistently win games with Kyle Winningham at the helm so there's no reason for me to really think even with some of those injuries they can't navigate it just because of the culture and the way they're built too this is the Utah team that is so strong in the trenches especially they do a fantastic job there and when you're strong in the trenches you can beat pretty much anyone that's why you can go into Washington State into Pullman and get a win when you don't have Cam Rising in there because you dominate the line of scrimmage and that's something this utah football team is going to continue to do so i really feel like the floor for this team right now over the next couple seasons to me feels like seven wins yeah uh i i don't see any reason why you know they don't at least maintain bowl of eligibility mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that since those five and seven seasons they've been able to do consistently uh and and for the record, that that is a difficult thing to do Just. at the P5 level. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially, you know, now looking at, you know, what the Pac-12 is maybe looking like uh, in, in, in its current state at the moment. And, and yes, like USC and UCLA are, are going to be gone after this mm -hmm. year. They're going to move on and go elsewhere. But, you know, that still leaves Oregon and Washington, Oregon State. Yeah. Uh, I think Washington State's maybe onto something. Arizona feels like they're maybe onto something. Arizona State's been a mess, yeah. as has Colorado, but they've made some interesting moves that maybe, yeah. you know, could shake things up mm -hmm. and, and make things a lot tougher. So, you know, there there's definitely possibilities out there that, you know, getting even to that bowl eligibility state is, is going to be a lot tougher moving forward. Uh, it, it was this past year. I mean, yes. <laughs> there, there were some moments where it's like, Ugh, <laughs> well, what, what's going to happen here? How, how is this going to go? Where, mm -hmm. where are they going to go? And it changed drastically like five different times, I swear, mm -hmm. through the season. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just the, cra the crazy world that we live in with college football. But I do agree. I think, you know, keeping that bowl eligibility streak is is probably the floor for them. And I would say probably floating around in, in the top four in the Pac-12. I, I don't yeah, really see, at least for the foreseeable future, any reason why Utah should dip down past four in the mm -hmm. conference. Uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll watch and keep tabs as things kind of keep moving, moving along and progressing and, and whatnot. But 
uh, for the most part, Utah should be the top dog in this conference. And, and I don't really see that changing anytime soon. And this is where the recruiting takes effect because your depth is so strong everywhere. I already mentioned how Bryson Barnes stepped in, did a solid job filling in for camp, but you have the other guys and it was, that was more of a team, right? It wasn't like, man, look at Bryson Barnes going into Washington state and just putting up these unbelievable numbers and really dominating. It was like, look at this Utah defense. Look at the yards able to get on the ground, keeping Bryson clean in the pocket. Look at the plays Jalen Dixon money parks are making out there. It wasn't like a USC game where it felt like cam and Dalton really put the team on their back. And I should shout out the O block too in that one, because they didn't allow mm -hmm. a sack against a USC team that at the time was leading the nation in terms of sacks. So impressive performance by them too, but it just does speak to the strong recruiting that this team has continued to put into. And it makes it really exciting when you're looking towards the future, what they're going to be able to do, because even when you have starters go down, you're going to have four star guys who are backups waiting for their opportunities. And I only expect these Utah classes to continue to get better and climb a little higher. Look, maybe if Utah doesn't win the conference next year or then like that happens, maybe it dips a little bit, but this is still a team that's at, I mean, at the minimum, feels like they're going to have a top 40, if not a top 30 recruiting class next year. And just for the foreseeable future going forward, because they're in that stable position. And, you know, by coming to Utah, you'll have a chance to win and get developed to go to the NFL. Every recruit's goal. Absolutely. And add in, you know, stability with the coaching staff. You yes. don't have to worry every single year that your coach is going to be new. You're going to be uh, under a new regime. And that's not to say, I mean, if we're being honest, changes are going to be coming to Utah. And I think sooner rather than later, Wit mm -hmm. is kind of towards the end of his run and, and whatnot. But I think, you know, even that there, I, I think there's some security in knowing that the athletic department, I do not mm -hmm. believe is going to want to shake things up. Like they're yes. going to try and retain as much of that coaching staff as they possibly can move some pieces around, figure out who to bring in. I seriously still think it's Morgan Scally that's going to be taking over for Kyle Whittingham. Uh, something crazy and shocking would have to happen for me to move on from that opinion. So I, there still should be stability there, but the, 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 there is a kind of like when and if yes. uh, you, this is going to going to take place sort of thing. But the good news is even with that, I think there is still stability within the program, within the coaching staff. And that is something that's huge to sell uh, on top of the developing, you know, NFL type players and and winning a lot and championships and, and all that other good stuff. And, and possibly, you know, as we talked about national championships, yeah. but uh, you know, it, it really helps when you can say that year in and year out, you know what you're going to get with your coaches. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know I 100% agree. And it's nice that look, you look at the past few seasons. Yeah. Utah has lost a coach, but look at Notre Dame. Look at Alabama. Look yeah. at all the main ones. They lose multiple coaches every single season. So then you have to learn and adjust to a new coach. And that's just not something you want to do. It's nice to come back and know for how long Jim Harding's going to be here, how long Andy Ludwig, all these guys, Morgan Scali, as you mentioned, too. It's just the consistency is so important, too, and such a key of why this team is successful and why there's floor and ceiling are both pretty high in terms of where mm -hmm. a lot of college football programs are in that regard. Speaking of ceilings, Utah women's basketball and gymnastics, their ceilings are pretty high, too. We're going to come back and talk about both those programs and their recent success in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends and the sponsor of this episode in FanDuel. This year, you only need one app at your Super Bowl party, and it's FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. 
If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe and secure and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid in your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. Love Where You Bank is a promise made by a local nonprofit financial institution dedicated to helping families improve their financial lives. UCCU delivers on that promise. They pioneer new technologies that make banking safer, easier, and more convenient. They create new products and services that add real value to their members. They provide easy access to real local human beings who always give personal help or assistance. There are many reasons to love banking it with UCCU. And now UCCU will share 14 reasons to love where you bank. Here's the best part. UCCU is also giving away a stay at the Grand America, complete with a visit to the Grand Spa until Valentine's Day on both Facebook and Instagram. See why you'll love banking with UCCU. When you see a post, love it, and you'll automatically be entered to win a Grand America experience. Enter each day. Visit UCCU's.com's Facebook or Instagram pages now until Valentine's Day to enter and win. UCCU, love where you bank. Michelle, this Utah women's basketball team continues to just have an unbelievably awesome season. I mean, it's crazy when you look back on, I look at the start of the 2021, 2022 season. And now we'll look at where this team is in 2022, 2023. It felt like there was a lot of up in the air. This program was kind of in the middle and they had won some, won some games in the regular season. They've done a good job, but then that tournament run the PAC 12 championship, then you win a game in the NCAA tournament too. It just felt like everything changed and man, have they carried that momentum into this season. The seventh ranked Utes traveled to Oregon state. And unlike the men's team, they were able to get a win in Eugene. <laughs> Alyssa Peely threw up 30 points. She has been unbelievably dominant. I know you made a point before we started how good Gianna Neepkins has been this season too. Jenna Johnson had 19. This Utah team just shooting the lights out. They didn't score below 20 in any of the four quarters in the game. They're now 20 and two on the season. Lynn Roberts in this group absolutely locked in. They are one of the best 10 teams in women's basketball, which I don't think anyone saw coming at the start of not this season, but last season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, their rise and their trajectory in a lot of ways is kind of very similar to the football teams. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, it feels like it's all of a sudden happened, but if you kind mm-hmm. of, again, look back at the work and if you talk to Lynn and, and how she's kind of processed and tried to think her way through, I mean, really a team that did not have a pulse. She inherited a team that did not have a pulse. Yep. They were not good. Nobody cared. Uh, and she's really worked her way to, you know, building a team that cares, mm-hmm. making other people care that they yep. care. <laughs> and and now, again, you know, they're, they're winning things and, and winning big things. They're going, you know, toe-to-toe with Stanford in the – uh, conference tournament they're uh you know sitting 20 and 2 on on their season they're you know flirting with potentially hosting a first round of the NCAA tournament this year like just big major things that you know even 2 3 years ago i don't know anybody would have really envisioned for for them so it's been really fun to watch uh they are 
I, I think they put out a very entertaining brand of Definitely. basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and I say this as someone, I'm not really a basketball watcher. Basketball is mm-hmm. not my first choice. Yeah. Uh, but so if I'm sitting there and I'm highly entertained, then like it's, it's, it's a good product. It's a really mm-hmm. good product. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you haven't checked these ladies out, I highly, highly suggest you do. Uh, they have a big game coming up to end the season, they get to host Stanford. And if everything goes right, they both could be tied for first place, which they currently are right now because Stanford lost the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're currently tied for first in the Pac-12. It could be a tiebreaker for the regular season conference championship here in Salt Lake. So quite a way to end end a season. And uh, again, highly suggest checking them out. Yeah, definitely. Whether in person or on the Pac-12 network, I mean, anytime you got a team that throws up a hundred points, I mean, we've seen the Utes throw up a hundred points too, but not as much in Pac-12 play as they've been been able to now a couple times this season. I mean, when you got anytime you got players, I mean, this team drilled 13 threes. They were 13 of 25. I mentioned Peely. I mean, she was 12 of 18, absolutely dominant for this team. She had six assists too. Like this team is loaded with some of the best players, not just in the Pac-12, but in college women's basketball. So I totally agree. I would highly recommend checking them out, and you're gonna have an opportunity to soon at the Huntsman, especially when Stanford comes to town that could potentially be the game of the season for the college women's basketball slate in general we move from one top ranked women's basketball team to another top ranked team on the hill in the utah women's gymnastics team they got a great win against number five ucla and a dominant one too overall the utes won 198 200 to the ucla's 197 450 and Coach Fardum's done a great job with his Utah gymnastics program. This team, look, they had the loss out of Oklahoma, but it's, it's not easy to go on the road in gymnastics. We know, I mean, they Oklahoma was higher ranked than Utah at the time. They came up to Utah last year. They lost. Utah then goes to Oklahoma as part of that agreement, and then they ended up losing this year. So that's just the way it kind of goes in gymnastics. And But when anytime you can take care of business against Pac-12, which Utah gymnastics is the program in terms of Pac-12 gymnastics programs, they've been, they continue to be outstanding. And this group feels like it's once again a threat to make serious noise not just obviously in the Pac-12 conference, but they I fully expect them to be at Nationals again. Yeah, uh, I, I fully expect them to be competing last day of Nationals. Uh, I, I think this is a veteran group uh, and, and a highly ranked group uh, as far as the talent that's been brought in. And yes, to, to Tom Farden's credit, you know, it's hard to take over something that was ran by two people for 40 ish over 40 years. Uh, and and they've produced a legacy and, and a high level of expectation with it, uh, to take over a program like that so seamlessly and keep it on track, keep it doing what it's always been doing is huge. And, uh, and on top of that, I think, you know, Tom's kind of taking it up a notch or two, uh, the uh, I think the reason why maybe I know everybody does that. Well, they haven't won a championship since you know 1995 mm-hmm. or 1996. I believe it was 95. Uh, you know, it, it, the the thing about it is is that women's college gymnastics has grown in prominence all across the board, and so we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot more competition, higher level competition. We're even starting to see that in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, over the years, Cal has gone quite good at mm-hmm. gymnastics. UW kind of keeps floating in and out. Uh, mm-hmm. They haven't been as consistent, but I, I think they're, you know, in the process of figuring out how to consistently be a good team. Arizona's had their moments. Uh, I believe Arizona State's 
uh, ranked right now. Stanford has been ranked in the past. So, and then of course, you know, the the toppers of the conference have always been Utah and UCLA. Yep. UCLA's maybe taken a bit of a step back. Uh, some damage was done last season <laughs> with the old coach. And so, you know, things like that take a little while to repair, but it seems like they're kind of on the right track in, in mending what went wrong there. But uh, it, it's just, it's so exciting to actually see gymnastics change the way that it has uh, five years ago, you know, you tell me, oh, Utah's competing against, you know, the number 15 or number 25 team in the country. And I would have rolled my eyes and been like, well, that's going to be a bloodbath. It's not necessarily like that anymore. Uh, the competition has really gone up and, you know, top 15, top 25 teams are actually looking like yeah. top teams uh, instead of just, oh, well, that's as many teams as we have. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they just automatically yeah. kind of make the rankings. So it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be into college gymnastics, the way that it's grown, the way that people are, I think, investing a lot more in it and being a lot more interested in it uh, and interested in developing and making their teams really good. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also really cool to see Utah continue to be the trailblazers and, and kind of pave the way with some of the stuff that they do uh it, it, again that's a really unique situation Absolutely. especially for a women's sport uh to kind of hold and have the power that they do uh not every women's sport gets a brand new you know facility or a facility upgrade yeah. gymnastics is currently in the process of having that done uh and the fact that they are also they also possess the very first dedicated nil collective towards a woman's sport and nobody else is also huge. So they keep pushing boundaries. They keep finding their ways to kind of, again, blaze trails and, and, and kind of be the innovators of not, not only the sport itself, but women's yeah. sports in general. And it's a, it's a real treat to be able to cover a team like that. Yeah. I mean, they draw the most people up of any sport up to the Huntsman as well. So very well supported too. And I think we just talked about women's basketball too. We know they're trending to be more supported as well, especially I think if things line up for that Stanford game, I would encourage you guys to continue to head out and check those programs out because they do a great job of, you mentioned UCLA kind of inflicting damage too. That's I thought you were talking about just on Friday night, because anytime you can get a win by that much of a margin in gymnastics too, you could tell this Utah team is putting in work too. And it's nice mm -hmm. that those rankings have changed. So UCLA, look, they were a legit top five team going into this rather than some of those other years, as you mentioned, when there is a larger field. So just speaks to the position that this group is in and they have a chance to make some noise. The Utah women's gymnastics team the women's basketball team even the men's team that look that changed in terms of now it's looking more like an nit thing with the stanford loss tournament's not completely dead but it's not exactly looking great but either way a lot of fun stuff coming up for all these utah athletic programs and michelle where should people go ahead and check out if they want to learn more about them yeah so obviously go and visit kslsports.com i try to keep up as much as i can with everything going on i've started doing kind of a bulletin that gives a rundown of important dates that are happening now that we're kind of into the smaller sports season uh as well as you know kind of big accomplishments for some some of these smaller sports that don't necessarily get near the publicity or they're not as easy to access uh, but there's there's some really cool, positive things going on that way. And then, of course, you can check me out on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, it's at Bodkin KSL Sports. 
Make sure you guys check all those out. Also, if you're in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, where hoax Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to Michelle for joining us once again. We'll be back for tomorrow, but that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes.